everybody. You are listening to episode 137 of the OKBs podcast, a weekly show where we get together to talk about the biggest topics in video games and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Van Aken, and this week I am joined by Blessing Adelia Jr. What is going on, Bless? What's up? What's good? How's it going? <laughs> I was waiting for the Alex Van Aken. I, I, so I, was, I had a few things floating up there and I was like, I don't know which to, it was, it's essentially like when you have like a dialogue tree and you're looking at all the mm-hmm. options and you're like, I don't know which one I want to make. I could go for the funny option. I can go for the serious option. I can go for the, um, the, um, evil angry. option. Yeah, yeah. Like the angry option. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't make my choice fast enough and it, the telltale timer got to the end and I just had nothing to say. Yo, um, what's up? Yo, what's up? I will say though, uh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Um, now, uh, if you're unfamiliar, Nipsey Hussle is a very popular, uh, rapper passed away earlier this week um due to uh gun violence uh very sad story very talented human being uh was nominated for a for an oscar and just went away too early and so it's very sad um but yeah rest in peace nipsey hustle rest in peace uh we are rounded out this three-man show today by brandon wilson the man who was married to my mother what is going on how are you alex van aken yes anime is a thing Anime is a thing, man. We went away to PAX East last week, and Brandon all of a sudden is man. like, ooh, ooh, we boo. We, we don't record one numbered episode for one week, and all of a sudden, Brandon comes back, and, and Brandon's <laughs> like, "Are you guys? have you guys heard of Tokyo Ghoul? Do you, are subbed or dubbed? How, how, I've heard of this anime called Drifters. started watching it. It's great. Personally, I'm a fan of how the manga was uh, adapted from the... Brandon, how is, how is anime? Uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's awesome. Well, I have to I have to say though, I have made, and I don't, I, I'm not toot my, well, I am toot my own horn a little bit. I I have made some pretty good choices so far. Um, okay. And okay. and some of my choices were were driven heavily off of uh, recommendations. So I will say that. Mm-hmm. But um, the choices that I've made, like completely on my own without asking anybody. I, I did pretty well there too, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm pretty happy about it. Hmm. Yeah, we need to get into anime. This week's show is pretty packed, but we need to get into, into some anime soon. I'm I'm glad and to do it. We need we need to get the updates. Um, uh, real quick, we were at Pax East last Pax East last Pax week. Pax East. <laughs> we're still, I, at least I, I'm not going to speak for blessing. I'm still recovering. I, I got back on Sunday night at like almost midnight and I've been exhausted all week. I've been kind of just chill. I actually work from home a lot this week. And I've just been chilling on the couch with my laptop doing work uh, with the rest of development up in the background. And that's been my week so far. So I want to um, die. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so tired. I can't like, I can't catch up on like, I'm exhausted like perpetually. And I don't know why, because I'm like trying to get good sleep, but I, and I, and I sleep well, I think, but then I'm, I'm just tired. All, I don't know. My body's out of, out of whack, but, mm. um, PAX East, we went to a blessing. We went what, to East. What we went to East. What was your, your game of the show from PAX East? For, oh, for those who don't know, for, real quick, for That's those who a, don't know, we have like a lot of coverage over yeah, on okbeast.com. So go check out all, all that stuff. Go but, to okbeast.com. And, uh, I uploaded all the discussions we did over on the YouTube channel, uh, to the okbeast podcast feed. So hopefully uh, if you're listening to this, you've uh, you've caught uh, that three part discussion. You can, uh, that's just, a great way to go and look at the degradation of my body over a three day period. <laughs> yeah, because like, essentially I, I every episode so you can tell 
I know. Like every or every part because it's essentially like we did a day one, day two, and day three discussion. Yeah. Um, and I essentially spliced them together for the podcast episode. Yeah. Uh, and day one we we're like, oh hey, what's up? And day two we we're like, oh hey, what's up? And day three we we're like, yo, kill us, <laughs> take Hello. us from this hellscape. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, but if you want to uh, hear about all the games we played, uh, ch- uh, check that out. We get to talk about the bulk of them. Um, game of the show for me is going to be Sayonara Wild Hearts. Okay. Um, yeah. I that game. I feel is like incredible. a lot of people are going to walk away saying that. Yeah, that game, and I wasn't expecting to. Like, I remember watching that game, um, watching the trailer for that game during the Game Awards and being like, man, that game looks pretty cool. We'll see how it turns out, and like, not thinking about it ever since. Which one and is that? Is like, that the motorcycle duel? Th- um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the motorcycle one with like neon colors, a lot of purple, it a lot of really pink. really cool. And like, dude, playing it, I was like, it's essentially a rhythm game slash like, I want to say bullet hell, but it's not really a bullet hell. It might get bullet, more bullet hell-y later on, but it's essentially like a um a rhythm game where you're playing the role of like a character kind of like dodging obstacles um that are coming at you uh to like the beat of the song um yeah. the way they kind of describe the 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 um the game is like a pop album in video game form which sounds very cheesy but when you play it you're like oh okay i get it no i get it um it's, re- it's really wonderful the music was wonderful by the end of the demo i was like tearing up a little I was like looking around. I was like, man, I'm not going to let I'm not going to let anybody Paxi see me see me tearing up over here. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that game. Uh, that's one to look out for. It's coming out for Switch. I don't know what other platforms, but I played it on Switch. Um, and yeah, that's my game of the show. I think my game of the show, I'm going to give you two because I can't pick. Uh, the first one is oh, a game called Star Renegades, which is a roguelite RPG set in like the, like the future, like mechs and stuff on like this planet called moro six so it's it's like a very very futuristic like guns that you would see like in star wars like blasters and stuff like that giant robots and and and, and the like it was like pixel um, art though right yeah it's pixel art. yeah it the, looks really cool the art looks incredible it, yeah and it looks even better uh in motion but it's yeah it's it's really neat like you are leveling up your characters um and you you find like equipment and modifications so like one of the people in the demo, I had this person who could like shield themselves uh, and they were kind of a weaker glass cannon class. So they kind of needed that shield. Well, like halfway through my demo, it was like a 45 ish minute demo. I unlocked this, um, this piece of equipment that modded that shield so that when I casted my shield, my party members also got a shield. So there's a lot of stuff like that. A lot of like modifying like your powers and stuff like that. And all the combat kind of take it's all turn-based takes place on a, a timeline and so a lot of your attacks are like trying to disrupt that timeline and and trying to delay your enemy's attack so you can get uh one more attack in that sort of thing uh pretty challenging um you have to really like think about what you're doing but i loved it there's a lot more coming apparently like uh, the ability to have children and stuff and like so on and so forth but yeah if, if i've that, already got me, that, that ability cool Thank you. <laughs> if any of that sounds cool, head over to okbeast.com and put up a preview. And then lastly, real quick, uh, this is probably actually my real game of the show, Splitgate Arena Warfare. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, just say Splitgate. <laughs> yeah. We all know it. Yeah, Splitgate Arena Warfare. It's Halo meets Portal. It's an arena shooter. It's coming soon. I think it's going to be dropping in, in the next few months. The closed um, beta, right? No, the beta's been happening. The Wait, real, really? The, the, real, the full release, I believe, is happening. In oh, months, dang. They said. I yeah. gave him my email. I never got the email. Dang. I see yeah. how it is. The uh, the the closed beta has been going on for I think a few months. There's another um, one. It's like every few weekends they have one. Gotcha. Um, 
but there's another one in April 11th, I think. But okay, but yeah. maybe that's maybe that's what I signed up for. I'm still waiting for that email. Mm. It's Hopefully gonna be cool. To this. I think they sent out a lot. I think they sent out a lot of codes. Um, okay. I think they just wait till like the week up to do it. But yeah, Splitgate. If you if you like shooter FPS games multiplayer, this is the one. Like it, it feels very polished. I'm I'm really excited for the full release. Like I think all it needs is like some new modes, um, like capture the flag stuff like that, and I will be content. I can't mm. wait for that game. But yeah, it's called Splitgate. So check it out. I think we have a video on it. Um, so yeah, but those are my those are my that was my my picks I guess for for PAX East. Um, blessing. What have you been playing this week? God, what have I been playing? That's a really good question. Cause there are multiple places I can start. I'm going to start off with Baba is you. Okay. Baba is you is a wonderful little experience. It is, um, it's a puzzle game, uh, top down 2d, uh, think like NES kind of style. Okay. Um, yeah. black and white, uh, or no, I think there is some color in it. Yeah. There's some color in it, but like, predominantly like black color with like your sprite a sprite like walking around um i think the closest analog in, in terms of like the art stock you can think of is probably a minute or something like that um but essentially the, the whole idea of the game is that you're solving puzzles by essentially changing programming um and so you'll have a thing so the game is called baba is you right baba is you bob so and i try to explain this to you in the chat like weeks ago alex when I was trying to sell you on this game, it was, it's almost impossible to really explain in a way that's clear. Um, everything but, is done in like boxes that you can move around. Yeah. Every, everything is like a little, is like a box, right? So think, think like Pokemon in the way like that you're moving and think like when you use strength in Pokemon, uh, like Pokemon blue to like move boulders, that's what you're doing with like all like the movable pieces in this game. And so in Baba is you, right? You're looking down at this like square grid kind of like uh, old school style RPG kind of thing. Right. Um, Baba is a movable piece is is a movable piece and you is a movable piece on the board right you'll yeah. also have something that says flag is win right um and you'll have a flag on the board let's say um so you're playing as baba who's a sheep the flags on the board if though if baba is you and flag is win if you touch the flag you then win that level and baba is you means you control baba yes um but the twist of the game is I can move around those like pieces that say Baba is you and flag is win. And I can change to say Baba is win flag is you. And then I'm playing as f- the flag and I'm trying to get to Baba in order to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a puzzle game. And so essentially the whole idea of the game is like, I'm trying to get to whatever the win condition is. Um, most of the time you're playing as Baba. Um, but sometimes, you know, you'll start as like the wall, right? Or like or the wall is like a weird example. If you don't have the context, but like there will be conditions that are wall is stop. Uh, which means we can't like move past the wall or like um, lava is death, which means like if you touch the lava, you die or rock um, is push rock is push. Right. And so there are all these different conditions. There are all these different objects and essentially you're matching objects with the, with a condition in order to figure out in order to solve the puzzle of how to win uh, yeah. this is the whole game. Um, it's, it's very fun. If you like games like the witness or games that are like very logical puzzle games, mm-hmm. uh, I think you'll like this game. Uh, my one sort of complaint with the game is that like, I feel like it is it. <clears throat> It, uh, it's it's hard but like it's supposed to be hard right like i i like hard puzzle games but it's one of those things where like i feel like i'm at the point where every single level i'm like i don't know what to do and i feel i feel more and more dumb <laughs> with each level like there's not really a, a good like 
resting ramp after like a difficult puzzle either that or i'm stupid one of those two like i feel like i solve a really difficult puzzle and i'm like oh thank god i solved it i go to the next one and i'm like i have no idea <laughs> yeah, what to do that over blessing. and, over. and, and this, that over and over and over again google okay that's true that's true but i think that's my thing also like after playing the witness i'm like i'm never using google on a puzzle game because like i think i got to a point in witness um witness is essentially divided up by like a bunch of different like uh, areas and stuff and i got to an area where i was like i cannot figure out this area for the, for the life of me and so i looked up the, the solution to like one of the early puzzles of that area and it kind of screwed that whole area for me because like i didn't learn the way the game wanted me to learn and so i was just like bad at the witness because i wasn't like the like the way that game is designed is it's teaching you exactly like how you need to think not just like what the rules are but like how you need to think about the rules what you're not supposed to do what like um the ways you're not supposed to solve and i'm like i'm afraid if i do that for the bob for bob is you um then i'm just gonna like unlearn the game um uh even though i get like super frustrated at, t- at times being like okay what is the solution um <laughs> but i do feel like a genius though when i do solve something uh which is nice and you almost feel like it, you almost feel like a programmer too because it is like it is like very basic like programming of if yeah. this is this then this right um which is really fun it's really cool highly recommended you've you've played baba is you alex you've been playing it i have i'm like two worlds in. i'm not very far is it on switch um, yeah yep it's on switch yeah it's, i think it might be on other platforms switch. yeah i believe it is i'm gonna google yeah go for it uh, i really like baba is you i i'm in the same boat like i echo pretty much everything you say like there really is just like every puzzle is like i have no idea what to do and mm-hmm. then you you slam your head against it you walk away you come back you try something different and you're like oh okay um but yeah it's very tough to the point like i like puzzle games like puzzle games are relaxing to me you know this is not one of those this is like yeah no this is one of those ones where it's like yeah you don't go to this to relax you go to this to be like all right like i'm gonna see i'm gonna put my brain to the test and like really tax myself mentally um it turns out it's only on switch and and uh and pc for now so it's, sure. it's not on playstation and xbox okay um i've dude while at pax i learned from so many developers that they're just like at this point like expect indie games for the future for the near future to just come out on pc and switch and then make the work their way to uh, PS- ps4 and xbox because every mm-hmm. developer who i like had the pleasure of talking to they're all like oh yeah like we're looking at switch and pc right now and we'll talk about other platforms later and, I'll, and i'm always like why aren't you like why aren't you really considering ps4 and xbox at launch and they're like i mean come on man <laughs> like the money is on switch and the money is on pc um i didn't realize it was like that big of a thing where now development is shifting for a lot of indie devs to just being uh switch and pc at launch and then coming to other platforms it's super interesting yeah it's kind of wild yeah um well, yeah, that's Bob is you. I, I've been playing. Well, I, I haven't really played anything this week, but before we haven't really talked about, we haven't been on the show since Sekiro came out. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Mm. Um, and I haven't played it this week, but before when I was playing it pretty extensively, I was loving it. Um, and I'm in this weird place where I'm like, do I go back? Do I, do I finish? Do I jump back? Are, in? You, are you about to fall off? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm in a place where like, I don't even know what game to play. Like I I feel Mm -hmm. like I had a break from game, even though we were at a games convention, like I wasn't really playing a game myself. And so I kind of just lost momentum. If that makes sense. Like, whereas when I was playing Sekiro, um, like from the release up until we left for PAX, it was like making progress, making progress, making progress. Let's go. Um, and I think if I like boot it back up, I'll get right into the rhythm of it. Cause I'm like right at a boss 
that I want to fight and I want to beat. Um, and I felt like I was finally getting into a rhythm in Sekiro um, of like figuring out how to approach bosses. Like I was beating a boss in like two or three times. Like there's th- two or three bosses I fought. I, I remember like the Sunday before we left, I killed three bosses in a day and I was like, awesome. Like, let's keep doing this and making progress. But I'm like scared to go back cause it is pretty difficult. <laughs> mm. um, but I do want to finish the game. Like, I think it is probably like up there with my favorite games that have come out this year. I think this and Apex are up there for my game of the year. Like Sekiro is really awesome. If you, if you enjoy the difficult game, I, I'm not a souls, per, a souls born fan. Like I, I, I am not, that's not me. Um, and I feel like this was a combination of soul, well, Bloodborne, souls, those kind of games along with stealth, which was like a great entry point for me because I love stealth games. And like, you can do a lot with stealth in this game mm. and like stealth is a pretty prominent strategy like you can like if you're stealthing correctly you can like take out like uh half of a boss's health like in one shot if you're if you're stealthing correctly so like i feel like it's approachable for me because of that it's um, also like more ca- character actiony it a is bit than I, like I dark souls so, yeah it's also like a lot of the the bs is kind of stripped away and like it's very straightforward and streamlined it's like okay yeah that's, I, I have a few items to use and other than that, I'm just using this skill set that I've been given since the start of the game. That's definitely one of the things that I appreciate about Sekiro is that like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, my big complaint for those games is that they don't teach you at all like what the rules of the world are. And to me, it's super frustrating. I know people really like the mystery and all that stuff of, of those games. Um, but like jumping into Bloodborne, I really wanted to like Bloodborne. Uh, and I played like the first 15 minutes of that game for like three hours um, uh, just because like I really wanted to get into it. But like I look at things like the blood vials and like um, a lot of like the different mechanics of the game, uh, a lot of the items that you pick up. A lot of stuff is like kind of ambiguous and, and, and mysterious because they want you to, to kind of either learn by experimenting or learn by talking to other players or like learn by however, whatever way they want you to learn. Um, but they want you to learn in every single every single way except by teaching you um which i never really appreciated about those games sekiro does a good job of actually like teaching you like what is what um like it like, it's i think very blatant in your face do yeah this it's very to do this hold this to do this yeah like i'm not i'm not needed to look look anything up um while playing sekiro in terms of like all right what do my um the pellets do if i take a pellet okay what is the um what to ha- what happens if i take the the gourd or whatever like um how do i use my like shuriken or whatever it is right like all that stuff is is pretty explained to you fairly well um and yeah i've actually like i've i've enjoyed that part of sekiro my thing is like, i don't think i'm i don't think i'm gonna go back to sekiro i think i'm done with no? the game no yeah like because like my thing is i i, I try to get into it i um before pax i, I played it quite I, I played it quite a bit and i think i was waiting for the fun to hit I was waiting for that enjoyment to hit and I, I enjoyed it on, in the idea of like, okay, f- progressing feels good because you're progressing in this game that is super difficult. Um, but I wasn't really connecting with the world. I wasn't really connecting with any of the characters. Like there's a story, but like the story wasn't something where I was like, Oh man, what's going to happen next? I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Um, and then like, I try to pick it up um, after packs. Um, and I, and I've kept saying to myself throughout trying to play this game that like, okay, maybe I just, I, I just got to be in the mood for this game. I just got to be in the mood for it. Um, and I, and trying to pick it up a couple days ago, I was like, oh, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'm ever going to be in the mood for this game. Um, I think I've just come to that realization that like, I don't really want this experience. It's just like kicking me in the ass 
uh, like ruthlessly at certain at certain points. Uh, I don't think that's that's really what I enjoy. Mm. Um, but I I don't know, I respect it as a game. I don't think there 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 are things I wish it did to like bring me in more as far as like its world and kind of the thing that's the things that it's doing with the story and the way the way that it rewards you. Um, I kind of I kind of wish it did uh, things a little bit better with with those. Um, like but I'll, what? And, what do you mean as far as rewards? Like I wish like. I, I, f- I feel like when I get to the next um, whatever it is, right? I forget what they're called. Not the campfires, but like the next checkpoint or whatever. Oh, or what, sanctuary like, idols? Yeah. Or like when I defeat like a big boss, right? I, f- I wish I like felt like I got more. Maybe maybe later in the game you, you get more like rewards for killing like difficult bosses or whatever. You do. You get like health increases and like or you'll get like battle memories to increase your attack power and then okay a lot of enemies will like drop some sort of like a lot Mm -hmm. of them will drop like an arm a shinobi prosthetic tool for you to use like where i'm at in the game i think i'm like seven or eight bosses in maybe eight i've gotten like five four or five tools for my arm Mm -hmm. and i've leveled up my my hero stats a couple times and so like i'm it's not only is the game easier like the bosses get harder, but like simple enemies and stuff. Like I'm just like cutting through because like I have so much attack power now and like I, my health is my vitality mm. is higher. Maybe um, as opposed to rewarding. I think, I mean, I think what I meant to say was like, I wish it was not less punishing. I wish there was more p- balance in terms of like how punishing it is versus how rewarding it is. Mm. Cause I feel like when I die, like the stuff, like the what I'm losing and like w- with all the, like the blood rot and stuff, like what I'm losing there is not equal to what I'm gaining after like killing an enemy or after killing a big boss. Mm. Um, and, and Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I can see that the blood rot mm. or the dragon rot doesn't really do much. The dragon rot, yeah. Yeah. Like mm. I, I was super stressed about that, but I was like, um, are people going to die? And then I realized, Oh, it's just a way to like halt your like side story progress, which is interesting. Like I mm. thought the dragon rot was going to be play a bigger role. Um, but it's kind of like, okay, I'll beat this boss and then I'll cure the dragon rot and then we'll be good. Um, what I, what gotcha. I like, I, I feel like where I'm at in the game, the challenge is definitely like an appeal to me, but like when I feel like this game more so than like other action games I've played, it really nails like the feeling of being like a Shinobi. It's like when I'm like fighting like this big boss, there's, there's a boss that I just fought and they, they had like this, they were like super fast and they had like, like that's how the faster their attacks mm-hmm. were coming. And I got wrecked for like hours and I went to sleep and woke up the next day. And like that feeling of like perfecting the, the fight and like parry, 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 like ching, 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 ching. Like I feel like mm-hmm. a baller when like they can't land a hit on me. And then, yeah. like, and then I do like the sweet animation to kill them. And like, that's the kind of thing that I love about the game is like, I feel like, once you get that dance down, it really does feel like those classic like samurai fights from movies and stuff. Like I feel, yeah. just feel like a master and I feel like that's what I like about it. Uh, I think for I me, see why that's not enough. Yeah. I think, I, I think for me also, like I, I like that feeling from maybe different genre of game. Like for me, I like that from like playing the witness of like staring at a super, super difficult puzzle and then like being like, okay, I can't do this and going to sleep and waking up and immediately being like, oh, this is a solution and killing it like right there. Yeah. Or like playing Celeste and like trying to like nail a super difficult platforming challenge um, and then kind of beating my head over it then going to sleep, waking up, playing and be like, boom, got it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I feel like I, I, I feel like it might be genre specific, specific for me where like 
this this genre of game i feel like i don't have as much control over the situation because the way that hitboxes and animation in a 3d space kind of interact with each other where like in a, in a difficult game like this i feel not that it's unfair but that i'm less in control in this situation than i am in a situation like celeste where things are more so almost like mathematic in terms of how you're i guess it is mathematic here too but i don't know there's something about it that my brain doesn't register as well gotcha. um and so that, that, that's kind of where i'm at i'm also like and I, I was gonna bring this up with uh devil may cry 5 when we talked about it a few episodes ago um but i'm having this weird thing too where like you know how like when you played breath of the wild like open world game like or i'll say i'll say it for me like for breath after playing breath of the wild right horizon zero dawn i didn't really find as as fun anymore i didn't really find it that much fun actually before playing but after playing breath of the wild i was like all right this open world isn't really doing it for me and i kind of had the same thing with red dead redemption 2 and far cry 5 uh and even spider-man to some extent um i feel like for me this game and devil may cry 5 are almost like victims to god of war to me because i feel like god of war kind of did a similar thing in terms of like uh uh not character action games but i guess action games in general where it's more of like a hack and slashy style where now i look at i look at that game as being like okay cool like the arts like when i play a different when i play a different game right i'm like looking at the the world differently i'm looking at the story differently i'm, I'm looking at the 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 options and stuff they present in combat dif- differently i'm looking at the build differently um and yeah i don't know i feel like it's getting it's almost getting harder for me to like get into uh certain action games because i played god of war interesting uh, yeah and i and i know i'm probably like the biggest god of war fan on on this site and so i and I, I don't really expect people who, who are listening to kind of even like feel me on on what i'm saying there but that's more of a personal thing of like where i'm kind of coming from from my perspective with this game is like i don't know like there's 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 something there that i'm uh, that i'm kind of missing uh in Sekiro, even outside of the of not being that into the difficulty that i just can't wrap my my my, my mind around it that's um, fine yeah but yeah i acknowledge it's a it's a, it's a dope game everybody it's, everybody loves it um yeah. and from a lot of the characters and stuff i see it looks really cool yeah there's like a moment in that game i think i've already told you about it but I, I won't say it on this podcast but there's like a moment that happens like probably eight to ten hours in that is i was like just as it, as it was happening to me, I was like, this is goatee. Like mm-hmm. it was just like so cinematic and it did some things that I hadn't seen a game do that was like really clever and like really, really cinematic. Um, but yeah, that's all I'll say. I'm, I like, I like the clips of the guy flying from the sky <laughs> landing, right? on the, landing on you on the roof. So hilarious. I haven't, I haven't gotten to that part. I think I'm almost that part, but yeah, mm-hmm. pretty funny. Um, Brandon, what have you been playing this week? I, uh, I've actually been watching a lot of uh, Sekiro. So, um, really, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy got Sekiro, and we've been doing share play, uh, and I've been basically watching him only because I'm I'm very intrigued by the game. Uh, yeah. I'm still kind of on the fence of whether or not I'm even going to purchase it or not, and we mm-hmm. we can we can go into that a little bit more when we when we do the topic of the show. But um, uh, I've been playing Last of Us. Um, so yeah, yeah, I. Um, I, I finally finished up a couple things that I wanted to finish up and I had some hard drive space and, and I reinstalled it and, uh, I finally made it to fall. So I just started okay. fall. Um, yeah. and, uh, Henry, Henry just, uh, killed himself. Um, mm. so, um, yeah, that was, 
<laughs> that was that, that part was, was rough. Yeah, yeah, um, that was rough. So I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to getting back into it. And I did, uh, I did take the coward's road, and and <laughs> I bumped the bumped the difficulty down to easy. Because uh, that's I do, what I played I, it on. I do desperately want to play the game, and I'm looking forward to finishing the game. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I don't want to spend forever on the game. So I I want to no, finish sure. it and uh, enjoy the story and and be done with it uh, yeah. bef- before the before the next one comes out. So uh, yeah. I've been enjoying it. I made it to fall, and and I'm pretty stoked to to kind of finish it up. I can't really tell. Uh, like I know that there's um what winter and spring still to go right but i can't really tell how much game i have left to play um fall i mean i'm trying to think fall you're near the river right um i i haven't really done that much fall so like literally henry just killed himself and the scene changed okay uh and it you know it announces fall and you're walking down like a deserted road oh man I forgot about that part. God, uh, you're probably like, I feel half like we're two thirds away. Maybe uh, fall. He's almost half fall goes by okay. pretty quick. And then you're like, then I believe things pick up pretty quick. But you guys fall. said, uh, winter is like where it's at. Yeah. When, yeah. I mean, winter and, and spring when yeah. winter is like where the game really yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people will probably say the winter is like the best season. Yeah, yeah. of the game, I would think. Um, I will but say. Yeah, I feel like. I, go ahead. Oh, so I was gonna say I feel like winter and spring go by pretty quick, or maybe that's just because those those parts are so like interesting that maybe you're just so involved that you don't realize how fast it's going. Yeah, but I feel like those parts go by pretty quick. I will say yeah. that I I don't, <laughs> and this would be odd because it's kind of the premise of the game. But I don't. I I enjoy fighting humans more than I enjoy fighting the infected people. I feel you there. Yeah, same. I feel like humans humans are more interesting in terms of the way they behave, whereas like the the clickers are basically it turns to a different game when you're fighting the clickers yeah. it's like a stealth game instead of like in in a uh, a third person shooter or whatever um and i generally and then, like, when you're like fighting, a stealth game but it just yeah in this i don't know it's, it's kind of nerve-wracking and it's very unforgiving yeah yeah um and then with like the other not not the clickers but like the regular like just infected people um i feel like they're i haven't played last of us in a minute so i can't even like recall that well but i feel like they're like easier to kind of take out because yeah. they're more aimless in terms of like they're just like running at you yeah or whatever yeah um, the clickers and so the and the fat guys are the the ones that i i generally oh, have yeah, the, the most, fat guys the most trouble with yeah but, um yeah i'm i'm <laughs> i'm i'm pretty excited about being back into it and i'm looking forward to finishing the story up so uh i'm excited to hear what you think of it yeah i need to get back in the spider-man too so i think i actually still have enough uh hard drive space to 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 do that one as well but i also know that i'm going to be getting back into no man's sky sometime soon um so that's going to be off in the distance but um yeah i so i'm uh, i'm i'm looking at um you are you are i think over halfway actually that makes me I'm happy. looking at the chapters right you're like right at the halfway mark in last of us and i don't want to give the impression that i haven't enjoyed this game um i just uh I, I'm not sure if it's really like I've really enjoyed the story. Like if I could have just watched the story, I probably would have been down for that. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure if it's a Brandon game. It's a mm. great game. I'm just not sure if it's a Brandon game. 
Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. The story is what is what like even if you just sat there and watched like a silent pro- a playthrough, do not watch that game with commentary over top of it if you're going to watch it, but um yeah, you're about halfway. Like winter is like where the end of fall things really pick up. And then from there I feel like it just doesn't let go. <laughs> I'm interested to know what you mean by pick up, but I I'm afraid that if you tell me what you mean by pick up, then it's going to spoil something for me, so I I guess we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a, there was a Twitter post uh that was up recently uh that was like name if you could only give 3 games a 10 out of 10, um what would they be? Uh and in my head immediately I was like GTA 5 uh, Mario 64, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. But if I could choose a fourth, it would be Last of Us. Last of Us would be my fourth 10 out of 10. I think that game uh, is, is dope. Yeah, um, Last of Us would be would be in my 10 out of 10. It's de- so. Like I said, it's definitely an amazing game. Um, I'm just... I'm <laughs> still undecided on whether or not it's a it's a branding game or not. So. For sure, for sure. Mm. And Blessing, did I read this right? You've been playing some Beat Saber again? Dude, I've been playing some Beat Saber? Yeah? God... Beat Saber is such a good game. I feel like I feel like pe- well, people do talk about it a lot, but we still don't talk about it enough as a society. That this game is incredible. If VR was more accessible, this game would be the, the new Guitar Hero because legit is such a it's such a great like wonderful experience to play the game because it's almost more than a video game in some cases, right? Like it's I I get mad at myself like physically because I get physically tired while playing the game because the game is like taxing. And so if I get, if I make it like an hour in, I'm like, God, I want to play more, but my arms are dead. (laughs) Um, That's kind of where I'm at right now. where like, my arms are sore from playing uh, yesterday and I wanted to pick it up today and I tried to start playing some, but I was like, man, I'm just tired. Um, But there was DLC. Um, I bought the DLC immediately upon seeing it. It was like 15 bucks. And I like, those are the easiest 15 bucks I ever spent. Uh, The songs in the DLC are great. Uh, I started playing, uh, KDA pop stars that song which is like the League of Legends song uh, I I didn't really get into it much uh, originally because that was that was a song that was added uh, maybe like a month or so ago mm-hmm. um, and I started playing it with the DLC and god that's a great song yeah I'm like obsessed with the song now yeah and it's starting to make me think like yo I should get into K-pop um, that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> right now is like I'm considering diving into the K-pop world um, but that song is dope um there uh, the dlc has the the crab song i don't know if you know the song that's like dun, 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 yeah yeah dun, dun, dun. yeah it has that it has that song in it, and it's great um there's like a bunch of songs in the dlc there's like 10 songs that are included and that's like i think that might round the game out to like maybe like 25 to 30 songs um and so yeah beat saber i've been having a great time with uh it's excellent um uh, once again if you have any interest in checking out beat saber please do it because the game I want to own a PSVR just for that purpose only, dude. Like, there's other awesome games to play, and I I would definitely play the other ones too. But that that game, Beat Saber, is like the game that I want to purchase a PSVR for. I'm super excited for PSVR because, like, between that, between uh, Trover Saves the Universe is coming out soon. I wrote a preview on it. I'm super excited for that game. It's from Justin Roiland, who did Rick and Morty. Um, and it's like it's kind of in the same vein as the game accounting or accounting plus um, that's on PSVR uh, is comedy. and It's hilarious. Um, there's um, Blood and Truth, which I'm super excited for. It looks it looks like um, it almost looks like Hobbs and Shaw. Um, mm. And so like, oh, that, wait, I didn't I'm, see that. Yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's the main character kind of looks like Jason Statham a bit and sounds like him. Um, it's like an action. It's like a British action game or whatever. That game looks dope. 
Um, and yeah, there's just like a bunch of stuff uh, stuff coming out for it. That's just the Iron Man game, which like the trailer didn't make it look good, but there've been, been impressions that are like kind of positive on it. And so like I'm excited for that. Are you gonna um, play No Man's Sky finally? No Man's. Oh man, I've heard. Man, Key Man looks playing cool it on VR. VR though. It's the same game though, and I feel like you don't like the base game. I don't like the base game, but in virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> that changes things virtual reality because like i i think I, I might have seen an impression or heard an impression that people people were like um yeah like you can essentially pull like levers in your ship and actually like yeah. drive your ship like you're driving yeah, an actual I've, ship yeah i've seen the footage that's crazy yeah. <laughs> mm. that's awesome as opposed to like just like using your controller or whatever you can like actually like drive the ship and like that that sounds that's like that's something that could get me into the game yeah. and they're adding um, true multiplayer to to no man's sky that too and i have the, I, I still have the game and so like i, I could it could be worth trying out like i'll try it out um see i wish your I your know. beginning experience didn't suck as bad as it did like your your beginning experience was not a good beginning yeah experience. it was pretty bad <laughs> it was pretty bad yeah um but who knows man i'm, I'm i might try it out just because it's vr and just because i'm obsessed with vr i have been watching and i need your i need you guys to get on the bandwagon with me. The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Never heard of it's it. A, it's a slow burn. No, I'm just it's kidding. Super, okay, yeah. It must be It must be a very slow burn. <laughs> For those who don't know what it is, it's, um, what, seven, eight kids are born uh, all on the same day. Their mothers are, have, like, uh, immaculate conception or whatever. They weren't pregnant. Then all of a sudden, they all have a child at the same time all across the world. And there's this eccentric billionaire um and named Reginald Hargreaves or, and he goes and, and buys all of them from their family. He pays a massive wealth to purchase them. And then they become his kids. He opens this place called the umbrella Academy, which is kind of like his way of like, it's X, it's the X-Men. Yeah. (laughs) It's X-Men. Like he's trying to teach them and get them ready to save the world. And they go on missions and stuff. And they, the, the game or not the game, the, the, the show takes place like, after his death essentially and like all of them kind of come together and they all like don't get along they all kind of don't like each other and they they hate their dad and um the then they have to work together to save the world essentially and so yeah there's a cool kind of like twist in the first episode where like i I think it's toward the end of the first episode where they're like this is what this season's (laughs) season of tv is gonna be uh where they kind of introduce like the big like thing that they're trying to like fight against yeah um and i i really like that part like, like that part of the show i want to keep watching it i i just like looked at my netflix it looks like i'm on episode four um okay so you're about to like get into it like okay the second half of that season is wild it gets so dark so dark like i saw things and i was like what like what just happened like mm. it goes places like you think it's Dude. like you think it's just gonna be like your typical superhero thing but it's like it's more so I feel like the vibe of like Watchmen, like super dark, gritty, like this is these are not superheroes. And I think I, I think I'm realizing I didn't I didn't get to uh, super into the show yet because the characters. I think that's like that's the thing that's holding me back. Um, but I, I think I don't know. I think they could they could maybe grow on me. There's something about them that I'm like, I feel like they're all kind of unlikable. That, yeah, I, I no, think that's, none of them are really likable. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be the point. Yeah, it um, is. And so I don't know. Maybe if I keep watching, I'll, I didn't have I'll a favorite until itself. like the final two episodes, and I was like, "This person mm. is my favorite." Yeah, and it took a while because they're all kind of assholes, like all of them, 
Yeah. They're either that or they're all, they're apathetic and you're like, why don't you care about this thing? Like that's kind of like, it's a, it's a frustrating show, but I feel like the payoff is really big and like it goes places, like it goes places I did not think it would go. And it's kind of wild. Um, Dude, speaking of, I've been watching uh, Love, Death, and Robots. I oh, think yeah. is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, I talked about it, I think, recently on an episode. I started watching more last night while I was doing laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, man, each one I watch, I'm like, yo, that was actually a very pleasant experience. It's essentially an anthology of a bunch of different cartoons, um, cartoon shorts that are like 12 to 17 minutes long each. Um, and I watched, I watched one yesterday. I watched two yesterday, and both of them very different very enjoyable though hmm. um i don't know if i I, don't, I feel like giving the synopsis of any of them would just like ruin the thing yeah um but i highly recommend it it's very interesting quality cartoon like animation um but also very like enjoyable premises and, and enjoy, enjoyable uh, uh uh things that play out in them cool I about i keep seeing it i keep skipping over it and I, I need to just check it out dude if you just if you just put it on like it's 10 minutes and so you'll just it'll it'll fly by. You won't even realize. Mm, I will do that, um, guys. Let's get into the news. But real quick before we do that, uh, some announcements. Don't forget, you can get this show early if you are enjoying it by heading over to Patreon.com/slash/OKBeast, throwing us three dollars and becoming an early access patron. That gets you access to this podcast every week before anybody else, as well as you get early access to any video that we put up over on youtube.com slash okbeast, which is where you should go to subscribe, like our videos. We got day one through three of our PAX impressions with, in several cases, new gameplay uh, for those games that we saw. So go check out those videos. Um, They they range from about the 13-minute mark to the 20-minute mark um, per day. And it's like where we put all of our impressions uh, for all the games that we saw. There's some cool stuff in there. Go check those out. Again, youtube.com slash okbeast. Um, and if you are, are enjoying this show and maybe you can't support us financially over on Patreon, maybe you can go and leave us a review over on iTunes. That would very much help us out. Um, and then okbeast is the place to go get all of our podcasts, whether it be A Plus Anime, Jump Master, um, all, all the podcasts. We have, we have a lot of podcasts. Um, okbeast.com is the place to go. Uh, and lastly, you can keep up with the content in a quick and easy way by following us at OKBeastNow on Twitter or by going over to Facebook.com slash OKBeast. Those are the places you can keep up with everything. Uh, and if you want to talk to people about video games, maybe you, you're looking for a community, come over and join us at Discord.com slash or OKBeast.com slash Discord. I'm sorry. OKBeast.com slash Discord. Um, and you can come talk to our community, talk about games you've been playing. We've been, we have a division two channel. We have a apex channel. We have a general chat channel to talk about all things games or whatever. Uh, so yeah, come join us. That'll be fun guys. Let's get into the news. Uh, can I hit you with some breaking news, breaking news mm. coming straight from Twitter. Okay. <laughs> um, can you guess the source? If you can guess the source, I'll Venmo you like $5 right now. Um, Wario 64. No, Brandon got any guesses. Jason Schreier. No, good guesses, though. Uh, no, this comes straight from Mike Tyson. That's at Mike Tyson what? on Twitter. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mike Tyson tweets, <laughs> I heard at Nintendo was doing the new punch out without even contacting me. It won't be the same. My knockouts made the game. That's whack. What? <laughs> did, did Mike Tyson just leak the fact that Nintendo was working on a new, new punch out? Well, um, maybe he just did. <laughs> <laughs> how would he even know about it though if he's not in it 
That's hilarious. That's, that's a good point, but that's hilarious, dude. I'm sure rights have to like go through his people in some sort of way. I, I, I don't know. That's don't wild. Know. I'm so excited. I love Punch <laughs> Out. I know Brandon loves. Punch I out. love Punch Out. Now I'll put I'll put it out there. I don't know if Mike Tyson is a reliable source, but you know, man, these things happen. Yeah, I feel Him like Best Buy. I feel like he doesn't want to look like an idiot. So like, if he's gonna call somebody out. He's gonna check. Oh yeah, no, he's gonna have his facts straight. Hmm. The two things Mike Tyson knows how to do: having facts straight, biting off ears. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two things. Yeah. Mm. Man, dude, I would be very excited for a Punch Out game. Another yeah. a new one. I think like I would be too. Graphics and stuff, like mm. still stylized, but like kind of on today's standards. I'd be very yeah. down with that. Oh yeah, I could see yes. it now. I could see it now. Put the put uh, the Punch Out into my veins. Yes. Uh, Borderlands <laughs> punch Three. It in my veins. Has been announced. Uh, the game is coming out September 13th. Um, it's going to be coming to uh, PlayStation, Xbox, um, and the Epic Game Store on PC. Um, and th- this was the whole rollout of this was wild because we were at PAX East, which is where um, Gearbox had their panel. This is where everything was revealed. First of all, they revealed like a updated skins coming to the pre sequel, like 4K skins. Um, and as well as Borderlands one remastered, I believe, uh, it, it was kind of confusing the way they rolled it out. And then there was a 25 minute magic show put on God. by, um, by the man himself, Randy Pitchford. Randy Pitchford. And that was weird. And then they tried to play the Borderlands three trailer and the laptop that they were playing it on could not run the footage for some reason. And so it kept hitching and it ran awful. It was so awkward. And then they kept like, it was, they tried two other times after that to fix it. And every time it was broken, it was so uncomfortable. It was the worst presentation, like stage presentation <laughs> for like a video game company I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, and I'm sad. I wasn't in the room for it. I was like, uh, in, I was chilling in the PAX uh, press room because I was working on, on, uh, on uh, an article uh, while listening to the thing on my phone and legit after every single every like five minutes i'll look up and i look around to like see like are people like witnessing the same thing that i'm witnessing right now <laughs> mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the stream do you think somebody because got fired legit. over it or no oh man i i don't I, know i feel like <laughs> i feel yes. like the, i feel like the person to get to fire to uh to get fired would have been randy pitchford for that magic show um man. whoever suggested that magic magic show actually should maybe it was probably uh, pitchford himself he was it like, was probably randy pitchford though he's like people um, have heard it's i like magic yeah it's either it's either a magic show or uh you know a, a medi- medieval joust i heard he's into those too this I trick's gonna it, make people squirt it's just shocking <laughs> that they would allow the fa- that um because 2k is publishing borderlands right yeah. 2k is over uh gearbox yeah it's shocking that Gearbox and 2K would allow Randy Pitchford to spend that much time on a stage so close to that whole like debacle scandal, whether or not like it's real or not between like the, the, um, the underage porn on, on his USB drive, um, which seems to, I don't know. I'm not going to like cast anything there. Cause it's very, that's very ambiguous in terms of whether that's real or not, or between like the, the bonus that he paid himself, which seems meaning leaning more toward believable. Um, between all that stuff, right? Even from just the scandal of it, to allow that man to be on stage to present the new Borderlands <laughs> game that is going to be like a a big like money generator for them, um, that like they need to treat with the utmost respect and care. 
the fact that they put this thing in the hands of Randy Pitchford to go to go on stage with it, and then also the fact that they allowed him to to do magic, the, the like the <laughs> like the big thing that like the big part of the controversy that just seems that just like pulled the the ridiculousness of it to the surface, like it just seems bonkers bonkers to me um that they would allow all this to happen yeah like, let alone the technical issues like the technical issues i can understand like because like th- these things happen um the way they handled the technical issues i thought were very poor because at times where they were where they just should have um rolled on or powered through like when they were showing off the trailer right the borderlands 3 trailer they showed it off the first time and the main issue with it the first time was that um the frame rate was really choppy with it mm-hmm. um but they played the whole the whole video like you pretty much got the gist if you're watching the stream of the whole video um and they could have just cut the stream there and ended it there and be like hey thanks for coming guys and if you want to see the, the non uh, uh crappy version of the trailer check it out on the youtube channel or check it out on twitter <laughs> yeah but instead they tried three more times and extended this thing like 15 minutes while randy pitcher was complaining about the pack staff like the whole thing was just like not not good at, at all. all yeah that said, Borderlands Three, the trailers that they've released look fire. <laughs> that game's gonna be great. Yeah, they really do. Like they look bonkers. They got good. guns with legs. Yeah, yeah, they do have guns with legs. They, mm. So the the four new characters that we're getting, I'm excited for the characters, like the the playable Vault Hunters that are coming. And these are just the new Vault Hunters. Oh yeah. There's a maybe you can play as the old ones. I don't know like how that will work out. But granted, this is Borderlands. Like we can expect more vault hunters likely coming later on but the four base vault hunters coming with borderlands three we got mose the gunner uh when mose needs backup she dis uh dis okay there's a typo in this article she um <laughs> pulls down her mech essentially titan falls her mech down um and the digistructs i believe is the word they're trying to use when mose needs backup she digestructs her mech and her mech is named iron bear uh and they both like iron bear is essentially this giant mech that shoots people and that's her that's her ability. She's kind of like diva out of her mech a bit, I guess. Like that's the the obvious comparison. Looks pretty cool. Uh, Amara is the siren. Um, so she's a confident, capable brawler with the ability to summon ethereal fists. Uh, Amara uses her siren powers to smash her enemies. So she's got like this blue energy that she uses to like do a bunch of damage. Like I feel like she is like the character that like not the character I'm going to play, but the one that was like stood out the most to me. Like she's the one I remember when I think about mm. like the trailer. Cause like she, she has like a really cool design and like her, the special effects with her abilities look really awesome. The person I will likely play as, uh, is flack flack is the beast master. Um, it says flack lives for the hunt. So do the loyal beasts that follow their masters. Every command, their preferred prey, unsuspecting bandits, those poor suckers. So, Flack is a one-eyed robot who also has uh, a pet and can can like have pets. So it's like a hunter from WoW. So like I'm I'm in. It also reminds me of the uh, of Mordecai kind of from from Borderlands yeah. One, but perhaps more involved as far as like the beast mastering goes. I hope so because like Mordecai was just like, all right, I'm sending in my bird to do my thing, and that's it. I would love yeah. to like have like, um, you know an ability like in wow, there's an ability where if you're a beast master hunter, you can actually go, like play from the perspective of your pet. Like when you use your ultimate, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see something like that with flack. Um, and lastly, the last operator of the four is Zane. The operative, 
Uh, specializing in battlefield gadgetry, Zane is extremely proficient at slipping into combat, creating chaos, and sneaking back out as if he were never there. So these are like the atypical, you know, or the, the rather, rather the typical Borderlands um, classes. You got like the the firearms person. You have somebody who has a a, a pet or is more like um, focused on stealth slash range. You have the magic user, and you have the very like battlefield or not battlefield, like tactical military person soldier kind of. Yeah. So I'm stoked. Who are you guys, who are you guys planning to play as? I have a pick. I don't know. I don't really have a pick. I didn't really look at the characters that closely. Okay. Like none of them. I feel like none of them really spoke to me that directly as much as like Mordecai and zero did. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because like none of, none of these new ones are snipers, right? specifically um is flack probably like leading flack is probably that, that that direction more so than others yeah and like yeah besides that like none of them really seems to be speaking to uh, speaking to me on that level sure, so sure. i don't know yet okay i'm gonna have to see all right um brandon brandon what about you uh i have always been like a hunter pet sort of guy so that sounds that sounds like my down my alley so the okay beast crew is just going to be four um flax our Borderlands three podcast is going to be called okay beast master there you go a flack a flack the beast master podcast um <laughs> so the game has like a lot of i was surprised how many freaking additions it has it's got like four editions i think which is like it's getting to the point where it's like too much to remember with like all of these game editions but they'll um, come out with some sort of spreadsheet that tells you everything yeah <laughs> that's, that's really difficult to read there's a, I think the one that people are either going to get are the, the $250 one. It comes with like a, a, I think a diamond loot chest or something, some sort of replica, uh, and then some figurines. So if you're going to get the big one, it might have some cool stuff. Apparently borderlands is one of the few games where like I could see myself buying a, a big copy or whatever, like one of those bigger editions, but probably not. Are you guys excited that it's, how do you guys feel about it being just regular borderlands? Uh, so I, I've, I've been thinking about the conversation that, uh, we have, I had with Ian on the podcast, I think either last episode or episode before last episode, mm-hmm. when we were kind of talking about what we want Borderlands yep. three to be. And I think I kind of came to the realization that like, I don't think there's much of a difference between like, like the difference between Borderlands two and destiny isn't like that. Like they're different, but they're not like that different in yeah. terms of what they are. Like really like, I think what the argument, like the core of the argument there is like, do we want uh borderlands to have like more online connectivity i guess yeah right because like in terms of like mission structure and like loot and like setup and gameplay and all this stuff like borderlands is essentially a loot shooter borderlands is is and borderlands is already a games of service if you look at the, the dlc um and the support and all that stuff given right i think that i think the question just co- uh, comes down to like do we want to do we want borderlands to, to see more like live support um, which would be like I guess uh, smaller doses uh, doses of support at a more rapid pace, um, uh, plus more online connectivity between players that maybe you're not parted up with all that stuff. Um, and for me, I would I I would like to see more of that stuff. And they haven't really talked about. I feel like they haven't really talked about a lot of the features of the online yet of yeah, Borderlands. Yeah. So I I don't think I don't think it's necessarily out of the question. But for from what they showed us of Borderlands Three, I'm pretty good with it. I'm fine with it. I think it looks cool um the city they showed in the trailer looks dope and so um yeah like it looks like it's gonna be it looks like it's gonna be more borderlands 
Um, but yeah, I'm curious on what the online functionality is going to be and how that, um, how you're going to interact with players, whether you're partied up with them or not partied up with them. Yeah. Brandon, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, I'm kind of happy to see that they haven't strayed far from the, the proven formula. It is, um, you know, it's, we're, we're two games in on a, on a really good franchise and they, you know, Borderlands 2 built upon what the first one already did really well. And, and, you know, it was like a natural, uh, a really solid progression there. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it looks like it looks like they're holding steady to the formula, and and uh, I, I wish actually wish that more uh, companies would do that instead yeah. of like straying far in another direction. Just just stick to what you're already doing well. Okay, before we before we go to the next story, okay, I have more breaking news. <laughs> the the Mario Odyssey and Zelda, yes, VR. that's wild. Are you have you have you watched the trailer? I haven't. I'm like watch the trailer right now. It looks insane. Yeah. What are the what's so what, what's what are the modes do like what is it what's the Breath of the Wild one do that's what I'm uh, okay so essentially for those listening right Nintendo just tweeted um, experience two beloved games in new ways with Toy-Con VR goggles from Nintendo Labo and so they're introducing VR modes into Mario Odyssey and, and uh, Breath of the Wild I, I I haven't listened to it because I'm on a podcast so I, I don't know exactly like what the exact features are for Mario it seems like there's exclusive Mario Odyssey content okay uh, for vr that's like built around vr and it looks really cool it looks really interesting and then for zelda i can't i can't tell if it's exclusive content for zelda or if it's just like a you can play zelda in vr um and like you're essentially like looking down at link uh while wearing your, your vr goggles that seems to be what it is um but either way like both of them look really interesting they're free updates but yeah of course you have to buy labo mm-hmm. um but it looks awesome. I'm wondering like, just watching like, the trailer without. I feel sound, like Breath of awesome. the Wild, like the Switch struggled to run at to- at certain times mm. when you're docked, especially. So I'm curious how it does in VR. I'm super curious too, because yeah, like because that means you have to they have to re- reproduce the, the image twice, once for each eye, um, and so yeah, yeah that's weird. I don't know. All I know is that this is pretty interesting. The Mario thing looks more. Is it like Astrobot? Um, the Mario thing. So. Does, maybe i don't know does this uh push you more towards buying some uh buying some cardboard honestly yes blessing like, i wouldn't i would not have considered it before watching like seeing that they're actually like you're like man this. i gotta get some cardboard now yeah now i'm like yo i'm gonna like hit up the the, the uh dumpster behind my place and be like yo where this cardboard at <laughs> mm. I'm skeptical, but I'm very curious. Oh, Alex Dude. wants some cardboard too. Nah. Look at that trailer. Nah. If I if I'm gonna get VR, it's gonna be uh, PSVR. That's gonna be the thing. Yeah, I get. but this is like this is like seventy dollars or whatever. It I know is. that's like a third of the price of PSVR I could get. So. Yeah, but you're playing Mario. <laughs> yeah. And Zelda. But I could be playing the, Astrobot. Some of the greatest games ever created. Mm. I'm skeptical, man. Um, let's get into this next news story. It sounds like a superhero name, Skeptical Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going over to you, Blessing. Tell me what's going on uh, at Bioware, and it's the a Jason lot. Schreier it's not reported good. an extensive, detailed story on its trouble on Anthem's trouble development. What's going on? So there? I highly recommend if you're listening to this podcast, go over to Kotaku, uh, check out uh, Jason Schreier's article called "How Bioware's Anthem uh, Went Wrong." Um, he Man, he he put together a very very detailed report. Yes, yeah, uh, nineteen. It's it's super deep. Like this is a long read. 
um, 19 sources, anonymous sources um, that have either worked at Bioware or that have all touched the company in some way. And they're essentially um, laying down the story of what went wrong with Anthem's development. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a lot of different things that are touched on uh, in this article between like crunch, between like studio culture. Um, It seems like the big thing though is the frostbite engine. Okay. The frostbite engine is just trash um, and EA forces it uh, on their studios to use for their games. Um, I think the idea is that like frostbite engine was more so like built for something like battlefield um and anthem isn't really like a battlefield kind of it's not a first person shooter Mm. right it's a third person kind of uh shooter action game uh sort of deal um apparently the name anthem wasn't even like wasn't the name a month before they should they um they revealed it at e3 i think it was 2017 um the game was called beyond but like right before they're going to review the game they couldn't like get that name uh copyrighted or something like that or it was too difficult to do it and so they're like at the last minute they're like okay we'll, we'll just call it anthem and when they called it anthem nobody had idea what what the anthem was going to be people were like what's anthem that has nothing to do with the game and they're just like yeah let's, we'll just call it anthem apparently also uh during the creation of oh i'll say this the game was put together in the last like 19 months is what i think it was i think it's um, yeah i think it's 18 or 19 months yeah eight yeah maybe it was 18 months like essentially it's this game's only come together in the last year and a half wow um and um for a while like for for a lot of meetings on what is anthem um a lot of time like leads would go into go go into the meeting and come out with like no idea like what like essentially they would go into meetings come out of the meetings with nothing with no progress like people would be like okay i still don't know we still don't know what this game is And you can still kind of tell that in the game because the game is like very cryptic in in yeah large portions of the story it's 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 is yeah it's not very well yeah. explained at all um but like i think the biggest like i'm looking at quotes right now from the article right and this is about frostbite uh, frostbite um one of the quotes is uh, says i think there was an entire week where i couldn't do anything because there were uh there were s- server issues um which I, I think i'm assuming that's about frostbite um because there are there are definitely quotes that are saying that like yeah things that would usually take an hour on a good engine um would take a day uh, on frostbite engine because the engine just wasn't built for this and the engine's bad um Dang. which i mean i think that lends itself to like we look at it wasn't frostbite, probably, frostbite was built for um for battlefield right yeah it was built for battlefield um and i think like the like, i mean like the best example right is apex legends which is like the only ea game in forever that was built on the source engine um or built on a non-frostbite engine i should say yeah um and apex is super successful plays very well uh runs very well um and it's probably ea's best game in a while in a long while um because it's not on the frostbite engine so Hmm. it's just like a it's it's a long report it's a lot of different things to touch on but i highly recommend people go check that out if you want to uh kind of look uh at what it takes to make games because it's difficult if you didn't know (laughs) spoiler alert it ain't easy we'll we'll link that in the show notes so people can easily read it there's there's also another quote that's like um because apparently like crunch uh culture was a big thing during even the development of dragon age 3 and devs were saying like we were secretly hoping that um that dragon age 3 would flop so that ea would get their shit together yeah, inquisition um and was that again inquisition is that the- no dragon age 3 oh there's a third game or maybe is three inquisition i think in the, in the article i'm pretty sure it says three. Oh, it's inquisition um, or- i think oh it's inquisition yeah. they're dragon right, age but 3 yeah, people- is what people are wanting them to announce 
Oh, you're right. You're right. I was confused. Uh, for a Dragon Age. Did I miss a game? Who <laughs> <laughs> was like that game come out? Uh, no, yeah, they're talking about Dragon Age Inquisition. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, they're saying like they were hoping that game would flop. Uh, so that you would get, would get it together, and when the when the game was successful, everybody everybody was bummed out, <laughs> which is not a thing you want like your workers to be, right? You want people to be excited about the success of your game. Yeah. Um, Dang. But yeah, shout out to, J- to Jason Schreier. If you're like me and you're like you you don't like sitting down and reading for a very very long pr- uh, period of time, there's also a YouTube video that uh, Jason put on Kotaku's uh, YouTube channel uh, where he essentially like reads the synopsis of, of the article and like uh, bullets it down in like a it's like a 10 minute video uh of everything kind of mentioned in the article and yeah wow dang it's out there man last news story before we get to the topic of the show uh there are rumors going around uh, that persona 5 metroid prime trilogy and a link to the past are headed to the switch because yesterday well as of this recording yesterday best buy's internal employee terminal um which several people kind of um had like double checked and like it was proven to be real yeah that all of those games were on the best buy internal pl- uh terminal um which is kind of wild now all of those games have been scrubbed from the system according to employees that work there but ex- and the, the games were what persona 5 metroid prime trilogy link to the past man yeah e3 is gonna be exciting yeah. dude i mean persona 5 is like that has been rumored for a long time especially the joker coming to smash like yeah you think that that's an obvious thing so but the the persona persona is tricky because you look at a game like persona right and it's always been persona's always had the history of being on a sony console um between being on like playstation one and persona like three and four being on the ps2 and the psp and the ps vita and and ps um or and persona 5 coming out exclusively on the playstation uh four like persona's always been connected to playstation and there's always been the idea of like maybe there's a partnership there that they just don't have as public knowledge that like uh atlas is required to release persona on playstation um or maybe it could be a thing of just sales and they're like well there's no reason to release persona on xbox because persona uh has a big presence in japan and xbox doesn't have really a big presence in japan at all um I don't know it's it's all been it's all been amorphous and it's all been kind of a mystery of like can Persona even release on 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 a Nintendo platform if it's like a mainline uh game like we've seen Persona Q yeah on the, the 3DS but not necessarily like a Persona numbered Persona game um but it's just, it's this like weird weird um teeter totter between is it a deal with Sony or is it just like they don't want to release it on other platforms um but I think this this seems exciting because this seems like yeah they're gonna be able to put it on Switch. The thing that bums me out is that uh, Persona 5 The Royal was announced recently, which seems to be like the more, um, it seems to be Persona 5 with more content uh, and another playable character um, or maybe another confidant. Uh, we don't know yet, but that seems like it's going to be really cool. And if Persona 5 Switch is the base game and Persona 5 Royal comes out for PS4 exclusively uh, and it's this like uh, definitive edition, um, I'm I'm probably gonna get both, and I'm very bummed about that, about that because I want to play I want to play the Royal on Switch and have it all there. Mm. That's my thing. I'm as somebody who hasn't played it yet, I'm just happy to get the base game on Switch so that I can Man. play it. Because I want to replay Persona Five. I desperately want to replay Persona Five. It's weird because I complained about that game all 2017. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, the I, dungeons. I, like, like legit, I had so many complaints about Persona Five. And now it's like one of those things where like you don't know what you got until it's gone. Now now that I finished Persona Five and I'm like separated from it, I'm like, 
that game was great i want more of it i want to replay it um and it coming to switch would mean like it's coming to the best platform to play it on because persona is like meant to be played handheld um like persona uh for golden on on the vita i think proves that like that game is perfect on handheld mm. um and so for that game to come to switch super exciting for me because i would love to play it on the switch because that that's the way that game is supposed to be played but for the royal to come out on ps5 or ps4 um is it's a bummer because I'm, i want that extra content and that's an actual reason that's an actual reason to replay the game is for that extra content mm. so i'm torn mm. Link to the Past is exciting also. And Prime Trilogy, which they're probably doing because Prime is going to be delayed forever. Yeah. Prime Trilogy Prime Trilogy is exciting, but I just bought the Prime games for my GameCube. So I'm like, man, <laughs> that's great. You should have seen this coming. Oh, no. I, I bought them a while ago, but oh, okay. I was actually planning to play them soon. And now I'm like, do I just wait? Mm. Um, I think I might just play them on the GameCube. Get the OG experience. Really? I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I mean, by, by the time I, I've got stick. like my next few months lined up, uh, May I'm playing through um, Rage Two and The Witcher Three. April I'm like catching up on games, finishing games up. Like, hold up, did you say The Witcher Three? Yes, me and some local friend Ryan Othman, Luke, we're gonna play The Witcher Three together and play through the game. You should do that. Mm. Yeah, because I played about yeah, twenty games of single player. I played about twenty hours of the first game and loved it, and then just got busy and fell off. And I, I've always been meaning to go of back. The Witcher One, The Witcher Three. Oh, okay. And I've always been meaning to go back and replay it. Um, and I, we have, we've made a pact that hmm. come May, we're going to start playing through it. So I need that'll to be exciting. DLCs. You, you can't wait. You couldn't wait for a cyberpunk 2077. I couldn't because that's not coming for years. <laughs> and that's a completely different game. It'll be out next year. I, I put money on yeah, it. Yeah. You think it's a launch game for the news, the new consoles? Mm, that's actually a good question because launch games are never that good <laughs> but we've, <laughs> seen, we've seen footage of it though and the i footage think it's a, like i think it's gonna be a, i think it's gonna be a cross-generation game okay. i think it's gonna yeah, come out it on both systems could be that. okay i got gotcha. you or it's 2021 i don't know yeah we've seen a lot mm-hmm. well we haven't seen we actually haven't seen a lot but we've seen because witcher 3 came out in 2015 yeah it's about to be five years next year. What was the gap in Witcher two and two and three? And think about like they have to make brand new assets and all that for Cyberpunk. Yeah, but like people don't plan for games to be like six or seven years to uh, to make. Like I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't think of a studio that that, that sits down. We're gonna be like, hey, this is gonna be a six year process of making this game. Because well, I mean, C Project Red, of course, they're making like some big games and so maybe they are the ones to do that weren't, but, weren't they already in the uh, early stages of um cyberpunk though when they were finishing up witcher 3 so what yeah some of that you, stuff would but, have already but they were done, also I making think. like two expansion packs for witcher that added so much content like i feel like the amount of people working on cyberpunk free i wish i i wish i weren't knew how, much, how big yeah, that they team were free was. Yeah, they're no, they were not free. Witcher, uh, Witcher two free. came out in twenty eleven. I, I I I got them free, so <laughs> I have. Mm. To, sorry, I have to. Uh, I have to divulge that part. You always have to rub <laughs> it in, Brandon. Did you know I got it signed by Major Nelson and everybody? Yeah. at uh, CD Project Red. So it took four years to make The Witcher three. If we're at, if we're factoring in like it's a brand new IP. Yeah, I think five years sounds about right. Yeah, I'm going. I'm saying next year. I, I mean, I would love it to be next year. Did you hear what they said about um, the game, like um, in terms of like progression and game over and stuff like that? No, they had, they had a quote this week that they're like, 
yeah so like if somebody if like a main person dies in a mission like the game is not a game over that you just like a game just keeps going Dang. like there's not really a fail state in the game it's gonna be one of those ones yeah so i'm very in, i'm very interested to see how this goes in like a huge rpg like i so like is a, this gonna a, be like a, fallout or like a, a major story character could be dead apparently or like because the way they described it right is that like you can uh you you can be given a job to protect a character right mm-hmm. and um as a player you can just be like no i'm just gonna go eat cheeseburgers at this restaurant because you have the option to uh you can go do it and that character could die and the game will just carry on um and i don't know exactly how they're gonna do it they didn't i don't think <clears throat> i don't think they really went into detail and specified it but i don't know man it sounds like it sounds like they're trying to like change the world over there at C project red they, they sounds like they're trying to make them do it sounds like they're trying to That's make true. an immersive sound. i love them I can't wait for for um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, I'm excited Me for too. that because because like The Witcher three, like is I'm not I'm not big into that kind of fantasy, and I still like you liked it after playing like twenty hours of Witcher three. I was like, yeah, I was like, yo, like this game is something. Like this game, like the 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 amount of side quests in that game and how naturally the side quests just like happen yeah. to appear and like the 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 amount of writing and like the amount of good writing in those side quests and the brevity of them, like so good um yeah it's so good i can i can talk and talk for a while about witcher 3 hey everybody alex here i hope you're enjoying this episode so far uh we're actually going to cut this week's topic of the show um we were talking about sekiro and in accessibility and and author intent and all that stuff but we were doing it on very little sleep and we still all kind of had the the pax brain fog going on so we were listening back to the conversation and felt like it didn't really reflect our complete thoughts and we all kind of agreed to uh, cut it from this week's episode because we didn't really think that it was um great conversation and we didn't think that um it wasn't going to offer much value to you all and you give us so much of your time we felt like we don't want to waste it and so that's why it was cut but we do have a fantastic listener question segment this week we have a lot of questions to get through it's a really fun segment so enjoy jared shu asks if you could add legs to any inanimate object like the guns with legs in borderlands 3 which by the way is wild uh what would you give legs i really batted this one around okay (laughs) what would you give legs and i and everything i came up with I already had legs <laughs> so i'm like let's do this and i'm like oh well that's already got legs uh so the, <laughs> the only one the only one that i came up with saints row penetrator oh my gosh <laughs> i like it i agree my my choice is gonna be <laughs> you glossed over that alex <laughs> i hate the penetrator so much because of leaderboard I, one of the one of the weapons i loved got i got still can't by the penetrator i, know, I can't remember I which weapon i still can't believe that was on our list but <laughs> my my inanimate object would be a dinner plate because i watch a lot of netflix while i eat Sometimes we'll sit at the table. Sometimes we'll sit at the couch. When I'm sitting on the couch, I don't like. I don't want to like make a mess around me, so I want to take my stuff to the Wait. kitchen and clean it up. Wait. But I just want to be like shoe, and like the plate walks itself over to the kitchen. <laughs> Can we rewind for a second? Because I thought okay. Jared was specifically asking like about video what, games. Yeah, what would you want in a video game, like as a weapon, to have legs? 
<laughs> so if we're talking about just regular inanimate objects, I don't want the penetrator following me around. <laughs> IRL. For me, I'll do I'll have my trash can. That'd be good. Walk yeah. around, make it easier to throw things away. It'd just be creepy, but I'll get over yeah. it. I feel like that's the next thing in technology is like we have like the the We have Roombas. Yeah, we have Roombas. Now we just need to add a trash can to the top of it. Yeah, I think I prefer just have like wheels, a remote control. Actually, no, I like a remote control. I don't want to have legs. <laughs> that's just weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's an abomination. Uh the dadcade asks, where do you want a series like Borderlands to go? We've kind of already talked about it a bit. Like Blessing, you mentioned you were curious about what the online features were going to be. Yeah, I've, I guess I wanted to. I want the online features to be more robust. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to get to like destiny levels, but I do. Uh, I do want to have want to feel like I'm playing with a community, whether it is like Borderlands clans or like who. In fact, steal that by uh, gear, gearbox Bioware or Bio. I keep wanting to say Bioware Borderlands clans. Steal that Border clans. Border clans. Um, Border clans would be dope. Um, or something to kind of inspire the idea of like, oh yeah, I'm playing a multiplayer game. I'm playing with a community. Um, but even and even if they want to still keep that feel of like, no, it's an offline game. Um, I I do want to feel like I'm playing with people. Uh, I would like to um, have some sort of multiplayer mode that is PVP in some way, whether it be like a racing mode because they have like so many great vehicles in the series, or maybe like a take those vehicles, add guns to them, make it like a Borderlands destruction derby kind of thing. Or like I feel like traditional PvP might be difficult with balancing weapons because you have just gazillion weapons, you know? Like that could be weird. But I feel like the 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 world is ripe for some sort of multiplayer. Like or maybe duel didn't Borderlands 2 had duels, right? You could do duels. Is that a thing? Uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Something like that, I feel like, would be something that I wanted. Brandon, what's your what's your answer? Um, I, I'm kind of on along the same lines as, as blessing. I think it would be really cool to kind of, um, be able to be involved in the community. Like, even if it was like, a um, like destiny has the, and I don't remember what it's called cause I didn't play a whole lot of destiny, but, um, destiny has like the city that you go to and you're passing by all the other players that are on that same. Yeah instance area or whatever. I think it would be cool to have something like that, like in a town a borderlands town and have it it may even be cool to like have players be able to trade like really unique weapons and so forth uh pixel brave asks if you had one more day at pax east what's a game you would have wanted to check out or have more time with blessing katana zero uh yeah that that game game looks really cool it comes out soon right yeah it comes out april into april yeah, so I think that's why I wasn't. Uh, that's why I was fine uh, missing it on the last day. That and the line was super long, but yeah, Katana Zero I wanted to try out. That and Days Gone, um, but Days Gone is also soon, and so I'll I'll, get, I'll end up playing that. Um, but yeah, those two games I wish I could try it out. I wish I had time to try out Void Bastards. I really wanted to get in line. Oh, I actually you didn't almost play got that? in. No, I tried. I almost got in line. My actually my my media hour got eaten up by an appointment uh, for Crash Team Racing, and so I didn't get to run around and see the games I wanted to see by the time the lines were there. So I would have loved to see void bastards control. And I would have loved to just get one more match with Splitgate. We also, we, we can talk about next week, maybe creature in the well. If we, if we, I don't, I don't know if we're going to talk about that or not, but that game was cool. We saw that on the last day. Um, I would have loved to, to see more of that. Um, Andrew Cogswell asks from soft has now done high fantasy, Victorian horror and samurais. Where would you like to them to go next with a new IP? 
I think I've said from the get go, I would love one of these games set in like a cyberpunk uh, world. I think that'd be super cool. Rainy Japan streets that would fighting be like cyborgs. Cool. I'm going to say space space. I want to land on a um, actually no now. Okay. Now I got now, now I got a pitch. You land on a planet that's been deserted um, of like intelligent life forms, but you land and you're like, wow, it is dark here. It's kind of rainy. It's an always rainy planet. Yeah. It's kind of gloomy. It's kind of swampy. Actually think Star Wars where Yoda lived. Okay. You land there and you're just attacked by these like just grotesque looking alien monster creatures uh and that's the game that's the whole game i could be down with that that's that that sounds like a from so, from software pitch i've ever heard one i'd yeah, love to see um like greek mythology like there's so many different um you know i feel like there's so many different like Titans. bosses that could come out of that let me tell you about god of war well yeah <laughs> it, it would be very similar to god of war but i i feel like from software could could put put their spin on it and give it that like dark gritty feel and, and uh, would be pretty interesting. Mm. Emmett Watkins asks, this is a question I've been putting off for like three weeks, Alex or anyone else who might've tried shadow warrior two. What do you think the weapon loot system from that game would be worth bringing to borderlands three? Or would you like the all random gun system to go unchanged? So like the way that, and I, I believe this is what Emmett is getting at the way that the weapons are in shadow warrior two, and I'm guessing it's probably similar to Shadow Warrior 1 Blessing. Each gun or weapon has three variations based on like their factions. So you could have like a katana, but there are three different factions and each of them have a different spin on that weapon. Um, and so for like every gun in the game, every weapon in the game, there's three variations that alt- that are kind of altered versus having like totally random guns. And then on top of that, like you can level up the weapons, which like, and you can like the player can get like uh, gems and other like to, to like augment their equipment and like get like elemental buffs and properties. I feel like it seems like borderlands three might be going more down the route. Uh, I, I saw some guns. It might've even been Emmett that tweeted it, but I saw some pictures from the website, the borderlands three website about like making the different brands of weapons more distinct and like, Oh yeah. I was talking to uh, Ian and Andrew about this yesterday. Cause we were playing borderlands too. Nice. Um, but yeah, like the different brands, like the, um, like Hyper- Hyperion is a brand of gun, right? Yeah. 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 Hyperion. And like, I forget what the other one was tall one or something like that. Yeah. Those um, are two. um, but yeah, like those, those guns are going to seem to be, uh, more, uh, kind of closer Distinct. to each other in design. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I forget, like, I think Ian was telling me, uh, that like, um, some of the guns kind of have those similarities already. Like I believe there's a brand of gun that like after you empty out the clip, you like throw the gun and it explodes like a grenade. Um, and that's tied to a brand of gun apparently. And so like, it seems like Borderlands three is taking that further, uh, which seems pretty cool. And yeah, I'm down. I'm super down for that. Um, I'm not, I can't remember what shadow warrior, like their, their loot system had it, shadow warrior two's loot system is probably different from ones. I imagine. Cause I feel like one, you just kind of had the weapon you had, um mm. but yeah, I don't know. I kinda I kinda dig Borderlands loot already. I feel like that's the best part of the game. And so I if, if they if they keep it and just add more uh variables uh to the randomization, um and just add more cooler options to the randomization, I'm fine with that. So Brandon, what about you? I, I mean I I like the completely ran in, in in going back to our previous question, like if 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 we did have the option to trade or, or auction house or something like that, I think, I think the, the vast 
you know, the ability to have these vast numbers of different, very unique weapons would be, would be ideal. Yeah. You'd almost have like an economy based around. Yeah. The auction, the more you say it, the auction house sounds like a cool idea. Like in wow, you had like bracers of the monkey, bracers of the owl, bracers of the wolf. And like all of them had different stats and you could like, you were like, okay, if I'm like, if I'm a, a mage, I'm probably going to go for like, or if I'm a druid, I'm going to go for like of the owl, like as the moniker right. for the, for the variation. I feel like even if it wasn't like that specific, like having a place to trade those weapons would make the, I think it would make the, I think it would add even more value to like their bazillion gun system or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more questions and we're done. Uh, Paul Warren asks, which is better ambient soundtracks or melodic soundtracks? Um, I, I'm going to say, I mean, I love ambient music. Like there was a time in my life where that's all I listened to was just like noises of guitars soaked in reverb that you could barely hear what was happening. But I feel like, like melodic is always the way to go. Like you can have ambient music that has like m- melodic parts. Like I think about like aquatic ambience, uh, that game is, that, that is a very ambient track, but it has like a, a very distinct melody that, that sticks out from the noise. What about you guys? I mean, I feel like the ones that have stuck with me the most, the the ones that I feel like are the ones that are most memorable are the the melodic ones. Yeah, you remember the melody. Like that's yeah the whole point of uh I'd say melodic. Ambient soundtracks I appreciate. Um, but if I think of all my favorite soundtracks of all time, they're all uh melodic. Uh Minecraft is a really good ambient soundtrack. I enjoy that mm. one. But yeah, I'd I'd always pick like something that's a very distinct over i mean we kind of got into it last year i think with a uh, leaderboard with the like we were talking about like indie games have such like distinct soundtracks in several instances and how like that just yeah. makes that gives them such a big advantage i think it's yeah i think that was game of the year because we're, oh, like, okay. we're, we're talking about octopath and celeste and uh deltarune mm. uh and i was like i was kind of i think i was trying to argue for god of wars soundtrack um but there's something about like melodic soundtracks that just stick with you and make them more uh uh i guess listenable uh memorable mm-hmm. all those ibbles um so yeah melodic soundtracks are the way to go paul also asks will there be people someday trying to play vanilla fortnite like they want to play vanilla world of warcraft uh I, I th- that's gonna happen yeah i think so for sure like anytime people are gonna be like yeah i want to play season five yeah exactly it's be like season 83 or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Give me in 2006 yeah. or 2006 2060 yeah <laughs> Remember when we had hamster balls that you could run around in, in Fortnite? It's like, remember when they were shooting guns <laughs> instead of lasers? Yeah. I think there's always going to be people who want to enjoy the thing that they grew up on or the thing that they fondly remember. And when it's a games as a service, like when it's a live game that's evolving, you don't, you can't go back. And so that's, there's always going to be that, man, I, I miss that thing. Um, and so I, I think, yes, the answer is yes. Dude, once, once video game streaming takes over, it's going to be impossible to go back. Mm. like you can't really hack i don't think you can really hack your way into i i guess since Fortnite right now is uh something you can play on your computer you can you can probably make your own server for it maybe after the i don't know man it's video games are gonna be so interesting in a few years um yeah or maybe in like 10 to 20 years um when, if streaming takes over because that's gonna mean a lot for like vanilla servers and like trying to revisit old games or and even gone down them. stuff like that even modding them like modding would be impossible right if it's if you're if it's streaming only Uh, yeah i Um, guess i guess it depends on how yeah i don't know 
Maybe if it like when you stream it, it like puts like some sort of cache on your computer with like I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. Like that would be it's weird. Hard. Last question: John Maddock email me emailed us by emailing us hello at okbeast.com and asked when Spider Man and many other single player based games come out, people are upset that the DLC is announced beforehand and feels if it should be included in the base game. Then when games as a service launch such as Anthem or the division come out, people get nervous if there is no roadmap for the entire rest of the year content. So the question is, are people just finicky or is there a change in the winds where gamers are more accepting of add on content post launch? Yes. Yeah. I think people are finicky. There's also different expectations for like a single player game versus a games as service at least right now. I also feel like the reaction to Spider-Man's DLC was kind of weak. Like, I feel like at this point, we've reached the point where like, we kind of understand. Yeah. Like when games are announced with DLC before they're even out, like it could be, it could be slightly annoying because it's like, let me just play the game first. Um, but I get it. Like you guys don't want me to trade the game back in. Um, and also like, it was the Spider-Man black cat, whatever thing that was was that really ever going to be the base game i don't think it was like if you played it it doesn't seem like it's part of the base game maybe it could have been a side mission but it would have been like a pretty substantial side mission yeah like i get it that and like the breath of the wild stuff right i think breath of the wild uh came out with like the season pass announced but they didn't really announce what was in it so i guess that's probably the difference um yeah but still like if they were like if they released breath of the wild and they're like hey champions ballad is going to be coming coming out uh down the road right playing champions ballad is obvious it's not part of the part of the base game i have a motorcycle this is obviously not canon (laughs) (laughs) like um and so yeah i think people are people are kind of finicky and kind of judgy when it comes to that stuff um and i kind of understand why but i feel like as a as a as a group of of video game players we should all just hold hands and maybe get over it a little bit just a little bit we have reached the end of this episode. This, of course, has been OKB's podcast, episode 137. If you enjoyed it, be sure to review us on iTunes, or if you can't go there, whatever podcast platform you can, that would help us out a lot. Um, and then if you want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash OKBeast. Throw us three bucks a month. You can get this show early, along with uh, our early our early videos as well at that tier. So check that out. And, I, and that also gets you the $1 tier, which is stir fry, which we just had a great episode of stir fry uh, featuring Carl and Johnny Hayes from from uh, Cartoon Overload. So go listen to that. It's what is it? Bless three hours, something like that. Uh, it's like three and a half hours, I think. OK, I, yeah, I think I think people are enjoying that one. Um, I had a fun time recording it with with the guys. Uh, we did a cartoon 90s and 2000s cartoon bracket. So go check that out. And then lastly, if you want to talk to us this week, you can talk to me at It's Van Aken. Talk to Bless at Blessing Jr. Talk to Brandon at Rebel Red 6. And of course, keep up with the content at OK Beast Now. That's going to do it, guys. Say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. Deuces. Deuces.